0: guys what's up how is everyone today today is episode 26 and I am going to be discussing time this idea of time isn't time kind of crazy when this podcast airs my oldest son luke who has been serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, will be home. His two years have gone by already. I can't believe how fast that has gone. We are so excited to have him home. We have a whole list of things we want to do with him. Food we want to eat. Movies we want to watch. Music we want him to sing and play with us. And just being able to hang out with him. We're so looking forward to having him home. And we are so excited and happy, but I can imagine this is probably going to be a sad time to leave. It's just a bittersweet. All these different emotions, I think, will be will be kind of hard for him. So I'm going to do my best to try to not have any expectations and to just enjoy him being back. What I find interesting is that when I decide on topics for this podcast, you know, they're usually, oh, I have this idea and then it kind of comes together. And so this whole idea of expectations, I was thinking about originally with the idea with Danzel Nelson and not having expectations with people But then as it evolved, I realized there's also, we have expectations of things. And then the last thing was this idea of expectation of time. And I just find it very interesting as I was preparing this, that this week, I'm just thinking a lot about time and how fast time has gone and how much my son has grown in the past two years. And how our family has changed in the past two years you know we think about oh we used to we bought a new van while he was gone and so we're like oh yeah he hasn't ridden our van or just all the different things that have happened in the past two years that we're going to try to catch him up on so I find it so interesting that I've been reflecting on time and that it's on my mind. And this was also a topic that I had scheduled to explore. It's been so timely. So so I just have been super grateful. The past. As I've been thinking about this past week or so. Just this idea of time. So I hope that this all comes across okay. Is, is there a lot of ideas. that, And a lot of different um, ways to think about time. So I'm going to. Just begin exploring this idea. So with time, I think it's interesting that sometimes time feels really fast. And I remember being really worried when my son left on his mission that these past years would feel really, really slow. Because I have had friends whose sons and daughters have been on missions and and siblings, so I've had nieces and nephews who've served missions, and it has felt that the missions have gone by pretty fast, and so I wasn't sure if that was just, well, I wonder if as a mom, it's just harder, you know, because you are noticing your son being gone every day because he's not there, instead of when you have a niece or nephew or a friend, you're not like in the home noticing their absence all the time. And I was really surprised at how fast time felt. And just after Luke left on his mission, they announced a new rule that each Monday, the missionaries could call home. So now it felt like the Mondays came and went so fast. It's like, oh my gosh, we get to talk to him again. It had already been a week. And so it was interesting because we would look forward to those Mondays that It would just go by so much faster. Anyway, this whole idea of how time goes by fast. And then I was also thinking about how time can also feel really slow. For instance, I am a primary teacher at my church. Well, I had been six. I mean, I'm still a primary teacher, but we haven't been able to meet together the past six months. And I have four to five-year-old kids that I am a primary teacher for. And so for the past six months, I have done little things like mail my primary kids letters with little lessons in them. And a couple times, my teaching partner and I have dropped off little treats or we dropped off Play-Doh for our primary kids. And it was funny as this past, it was just this past week, we dropped off some cookies and one of our cute little primary kids, and I don't even know if all of them did this, but one just said, cause we're like, do you remember us? And he's like, no, I don't really remember you guys. (laughs) And I was just like, wow, if you think about their little lives and they're, some of them are five, some of them are not five yet, but that's like a big chunk of their life like six months is such a big chunk that if you don't have primary for six months it feels so much longer when you're younger because you don't have that much time to compare it to I mean it's like 10% of their life right now which is a lot anyway I just thought all this idea of thinking about time and how time can sometimes feel really fast, and especially as you get older, just seems to go by so much faster. And there's this idea of, well, you you have so much more to compare it to. And that brought me to thinking of Einstein's theory of relativity. Now, that was kind of fun to do a little research about Einstein's theory of relativity. And I found a lot of things that was way complicated and I would say over my head but I remembered hearing this quote once which was from Albert Einstein and the quote might not be exactly what he said because there was a whole site on how it sort of changed over the years but the general gist of the quote is kind of how I'm going to talk a little bit more about relativity it's So he says, when you sit with a nice girl for two hours, you think it's only a minute. But when you sit on a hot stove for a minute, you think it's two hours. That's relativity. And I was doing a little more research, and there were some great articles, and there was one really great article that explained this idea of theory of relativity, and the article is titled, The Secret to a Longer and Happier Life is Hidden in Einstein's Theory of Relativity. And the author's is Patrick Woodhead. And he goes on to explain that part of the theory of relativity is time dilation. So he goes on to say, according to Einstein's theory of relativity, time dilation states that when compared to someone standing still on Earth, If you go somewhere with more gravity or you move around really fast with more velocity, then you will return relatively younger than that person standing still on Earth. So he goes on to say, to explain what I mean, we have to separate out the specific clocks by which we are measuring time. First, there is the Earth clock. This is any clock on the surface of planet Earth, for example, Big Ben in London. But now let's suppose there's an imaginary head clock in each person's head. When you feel like time is flying by or alternatively like it's dragging, then you are experiencing a discrepancy between your head clock and the earth clock. Let's suppose you spend a few hours talking to someone you are really attracted to. As Big Ben ticks by, your head clock is ticking by comparatively slower. Just as a clock near a black hole, lots of gravity would tick by relatively slower than Big Ben. But in your own head, you're experiencing time as normal during your all-consuming conversation. It doesn't feel like time has slowed down for you in the moment. But when you look up and your head clock feels like, say, 30 minutes have passed by, you notice that the earth clock has moved on, say, two hours. Earth time has flown by while you have been talking. And the same is true when you're completely engrossed in work or having succumbed to the gravitational pull of sleep. Earth time seems to pass by relatively quickly. So I really loved this idea of turning this theory of relativity and comparing it from our head clock and what is actually on the clock or the clock on the earth or Big Ben or your phone or whatever, right? So I was thinking back to when my kids were really little and there were all these, not all of them, but there were lots of women, probably my age that I am now, who would say to me, Oh, it goes by so fast. Appreciate every moment. (laughs) Sometimes these tips would come when I'm in line at the grocery store and someone's screaming and crying and wants this and that. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm going to appreciate this moment. Whatever, lady. And the funny thing is, is I hear myself saying that to new moms all the time. And I think, oh, I know having a newborn is so crazy and there's so many things happening, not only to you and learning about this new baby, but your body is doing all these crazy things, bleeding and you have giant breasts and you can't get a good night's sleep. But I just want you to remember to appreciate this time. And they're like, uh, okay, because ah, uh, the newborn stage, it seriously goes by so fast. These cute tiny babies, they're only tiny for a short time. And yet you're in this zombie phase. And so I would sometimes say, you know what? Just appreciate being a zombie. <laughs> we don't all get to be zombies, but maybe we can be zombies when we're new moms or when we just have a newborn baby. It's funny, finally with my my last baby, I felt like I really did try to be better about appreciating her being this tiny newborn. And maybe it was because I knew it was my last baby, but I really worked on just appreciating having this little tiny baby. and My husband and I, we worked on sleeping shifts better. So I would pump and he would have a, a bottle at night so I could sleep a little more. And I think we had worked out after, you know, having four other kids that this would work the best. And so, yes, appreciate your kids while they're little. Because it goes by so fast. And yet, sometimes when you're in the midst of it and you've got these little kids and you can't keep them entertained long enough and the days just seem like forever I can imagine having small kids during this pandemic probably feels like it's gone even longer than six months so what I find interesting about the idea of the time dilation is in his statement he compared the passage of time so when compared to someone standing still on earth If you go somewhere with more gravity or you move around faster, then you will return relatively younger than that person standing still on Earth. And I was thinking about the person standing still. And, oh, the idea of just standing still and you just watch someone, I guess, go on this big light year journey. And of course you're going to feel older. You're just waiting there. (laughs) maybe it's more you're actually feeling older cuz they're they're in action they're moving and it reminded me of just feeling stuck this the person i was imagining the person waiting in the scenario and i was reminded of dr seuss's book oh the places you'll go and the part of the waiting place um, and i'll just read a little part of that Waiting for a train to go or a bus to come or a plane to go or the mail to come or the rain to go or the phone to ring or the snow to snow or waiting around for a yes or no or waiting for their hair to grow. Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite or waiting for the wind to fly a kite or waiting around for Friday night or waiting perhaps for their Uncle Jake or a pot to boil or a better break or a string of pearls, or a pair of pants, or a wig with curls, or another chance. Everyone is just waiting. I do not like waiting. And just waiting with nothing to do. So it also reminded me of the book, Waiting is Not Easy. Our family is such giant fans of the Elephant and Piggy books by Mo Williams, and this is one of them. And... In this book, Piggy has a big surprise for Gerald, who is the elephant. But they have to wait all day for it to come. And I'm just going to read a little bit of this book, which is so, so cute. Okay. Wait? What? Why? The surprise is not here yet. So we will have to wait for it? Yes. Groan. Oh well, if I have to wait, I will wait. I am waiting. Waiting is not easy. Piggy, I want to see your surprise now. I am sorry, Gerald, but we must wait. Groan I am done waiting. I do not think your surprise is worth all this waiting. I will not wait any more. And then he goes on and he does wait. But I love the big groans and on the page of the book, it's in a big word bubble and it's like drowning piggy because groan, sometimes we feel like that, ah, waiting is not easy. And I had to wait a lot for my mom when I was younger. She was usually running late when I needed to be picked up. And I really hated waiting for her. It just felt like forever. And as I grew older, I usually just decided to start walking home. And I would hope that I would see her while I was walking and that she would pick me up wherever I was. And isn't it funny how I felt better once I got going? Like I wasn't just the still person on the earth, I had velocity, I was moving. And I just think it's funny how once we get going, even though we may not be getting to our destination or my mom hadn't picked me up yet, I can almost deal with that transition or waiting time better because I'm moving. I'm, I'm not just sitting still. And I remember waiting for her after tennis lessons That I didn't really mind at all because they had this really big cement wall. They had a line on it that was like the line for the net and you could just practice your stroke and just hit the ball and you wouldn't have to worry about having someone to play with and I just liked working on my stroke. Even now, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish there was just some ball wall somewhere because I've had a desire to get more into tennis and... Sometimes it's hard to play with. You have no one to play with. Anyway, so practicing, I'm doing something, I'm moving forward, always just made the waiting not as bad. (laughs) I think of also the song from the musical Shrek when she talks about the waiting. The waiting, the waiting, the waiting. Because it's hard. Waiting can be so hard. And how time goes by and how just even doing something while you're waiting makes it seem like time actually is going by faster. Our head clock is feeling different than the actual Big Ben clock. Oh, I remember when I got my driver's license and I had this new freedom to just get in the car and go to whatever I had to go to whether it be diving practice or school I didn't have to wait for my mom or dad to pick me up or a sibling and I could go and come and that newfound freedom oh it felt so good that was my favorite part of getting my driver's license just not having to wait so Time, This idea of time going by fast or slow. So according to Einstein's theory, again, time can go by fast the more we are involved in things that we love or with someone we love and how busy we think we are. And I found this article as I was researching this idea of theory of relativity and how we perceive time. And this article was titled, Humans Perceive Time, Some Up Between Our Reality and Our Expectations. So here we go into what I think we, we expect, our expectations of time. It goes on in this article, which was written by Luke Harrison. The researchers from the universities of Birmingham and Sussex believe their findings suggest that humans do not perceive time as it really is. Rather, as a midway between reality and their expectations. These findings suggest that the brain continuously updates the probability of encountering future stimuli based on prior experiences. So, in this article, it talks about an experiment they had where they had a a bunch of adults and they would give them signals. And most of the time, the signals would come at irregular patterns. And if the patterns were pretty regular, the adults would be able to predict when the next, I guess, sound would come. But sometimes they would do it irregularly, and that would kind of mess up what they thought and expected it to be and what it actually was. So. Dr. Max DeLuca from the University of Birmingham explained, Our brains rely on past events to predict what will happen next. These predictions are essential to survival because they allow us to react faster to the environment around us and plan what actions to perform. In the article, it goes on to say, Our perceptions are also affected by those predictions. They are the result of the combination of our expectations and the actual sensory information. We don't perceive the world as it really is or as we expect it to be, but somewhere in between. So time is, our idea of time is sort of at the mercy of what is actually happening and what we expect to happen. So we have this idea of perception. And I remember the first time I had no kids at home during part of my day. Millie, my youngest, was in preschool for just two days a week for two and a half hours. And I was so excited. I thought I was going to get so much done in this time. I had this time all to myself. I hadn't had time like this all to myself in 15 years. (laughs) And, well, maybe it wasn't 15 years then, so like 13 years. And I was just like, oh, I'm going to get so much done. I was blown away by how little I could get done in two and a half hours because I thought I could get so much done. And slowly throughout the year, I got better at getting used to, okay, how much can I get done while she's gone? And... I got better at managing or the reality of what was actually the time and the expectations I've had of what I could get done. And then I find it interesting that this whole idea of time and having all this time and when Millie went on to kindergarten and, oh, I just remember daydreaming about when all... I remember daydreaming when all my kids were little and I was feeling tired and overwhelmed thinking oh my gosh won't it be amazing when they're all in school and I have all that time and then it happens and Millie goes to kindergarten and she is so excited to get on that bus and she goes off and I am completely overwhelmed with the fact that I am not as excited as I thought I would be and I'm actually really sad And I started crying. What is going on? How can I be sad? This is so exciting. She's in kindergarten. And I was like, but oh my gosh, for the past 15 years, I've been having little people at my house. And now who am I going to go to the museum with? And who's going to watch my little pony with me? (laughs) I mean, I got over it in a couple days and I was okay, but I was surprised at How funny we think, we just imagine things in time like, oh, when I get to this place and won't it be amazing? (laughs) Oh, it's just interesting how we think about time and when a certain time point in our life will come. It's just funny how sometimes we're happy with it and sometimes we get this unexpected sadness because, wow, we've just... This whole stage of our life is now over. How did that happen? How did the time go by so fast? They're growing up. And now as I look forward to having my son come home, I think, wow, how do I have a son that is 21? And it's weird to think that, yeah, 21 years ago is a long time. And yet I can remember... The day he arrived, like it was yesterday, because it changed my life. Ah, time, it's crazy. Anyway, so this theory of time, as we think about it, is really a perception thing. And I found this article about how we perceive we are using our time versus how we expected to use our time. So the article was titled, Why You Never Seem to Have Enough Time, by Kira M. Newman. And the basic premise of this article is that we feel pressed for time due to our own psychology. It's not just necessarily the time of the tyranny of the clock, is what they said. So in this article, she says, those who feel most overworked, those who have the least quote-unquote free time, Largely do it to themselves, the researchers wrote. In other words, we could theoretically spend fewer hours making money, vacuuming and washing dishes, or cooking and eating, and we get by without getting overwhelmed. So sometimes we just perceive our time as being time crunched, where in reality, it may or may not be that way. But in our heads, that is our reality, right? So... She shows that a lot of time, it depends on things that are going on. So she says, if we are one in enjoyment and passion, then we're not feeling as time crunched. So like Einstein's theory, if we're with someone that we really like, or if we're doing something that we really like, we usually don't feel time crunched. So that was really interesting. And then she says, The second thing is usually the reason we feel this time crunch or this difference in perception of time is that there's an inner conflict. There might be something we're doing that is not quite in value of what we think will help us. So maybe we're at work and we're feeling like that's time away from our kids. Whereas sometimes if you're really passionate about what you're doing, you feel like, oh, well, this is also growing me into a better person and is helping me be better mom and wife and mother, so those two things actually go together. So if you have less inner conflict, you're aligned with your values and what you're choosing to do, then you won't feel the time crunch, if that makes sense. So the third thing she says, which makes us perceive that we're in a time crunch, is that we have this lack of control over our time. For instance, oh, I have to pick up so-and-so at this time. I have this doctor's appointment at this time. And so-and-so, you know, has this. So our time is more dictated by by others, which especially I think as moms, we feel like the afternoons for me feels like, okay, I don't have control over my time. I think it's been interesting during... This pandemic, as things have been canceled and really slowed down, we choose, like, oh, well, you know, we don't necessarily have to do this thing that we've signed up for if it's not going to work in our schedule, if it's feeling too crazy today. Or I find it interesting that now when we're allowed to do something, we're like, oh, this is awesome. Guess how many things we get to do today? So this sense of control and being aware of what you have and feeling like you have control over your time will help you have a better perception that you aren't necessarily in a time crunch. And then the last thing she said was that how we value our time. And she said, actually, sometimes we think that when we make more money, We will feel different about our time. But in this article, it suggests that people who make more money feel like their time is more valuable. And then that maybe they should spend more time working to earn more money. And they feel that time crunch. They feel more scarce with their time because they want it to be using it, I guess, to earn more money. If that's their value, I guess. So... At the end of this article, she says, time pressure is the uncomfortable gap between how we wish we spent our time and how we think that would make us feel and how we're spending it and feeling it now. With that in mind, we just might be able to find some room to breathe. So we might be able to, this perception, we might have this perception of, oh, we, don't, we aren't in a time crunch, because of these different things. Now, I have a few time issues, I'll have to admit. It kind of drives my husband nuts. I do tend to be optimistic about all the things I can do, and it can drive my husband crazy. So I'll think I can do all these things in a super short amount of time, and he's just like, you won't be able to do all that. And I'm like, yeah, I can totally do that. I can take this person here. We can totally go here and then I'll grab food and then I'll make this. And the thing is sometimes I've actually done those things. So that could be why I think I can probably do it all. But it has been crazy. Like I'll just be like going this place, coming back, making dinner, going this, hurry that, da, 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 da. da, da. Instead of thinking that maybe I need to just not do all these things. Or maybe tonight I'm just going to order pizza or whatever so that I don't feel crazy with my time. I think sometimes I forget that I need to take into account things like how long is it going to take so-and-so to get ready and get in the car. Especially when my kids were little, I would underestimate this a lot. And that would be why I was late, is it would take... 20 minutes to get everybody ready and in the car and I would have given 25 minutes to get somewhere that takes 20 minutes. So we're then 10-15 minutes late. So I've learned to kind of be more generous giving time to actually get in the car and now I feel like (laughs) finding shoes is like the hardest thing during the pandemic as if we have to go anywhere because no one's been wearing shoes. (laughs) And so making sure people have shoes, that is another thing. Making sure we have time that everyone can find their shoes. And the other thing that has helped me, I guess, be a little bit better at managing my time is that it's sort of with the experience and perception. As I have more experience, I realize, okay, I'd rather not do too many things because that was too crazy that was crazy I'm gonna maybe just do these two things or I plan my time out better okay we're gonna be in the car all afternoon so I packed everyone their lunch or a snack I'm just better because I have had more experience and I've kind of learned to adjust my reality with my experience if that makes sense So I used to be late a lot too, even before I had kids. And maybe I'm going to say I'm going to blame that on my mom. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Or I just probably was, again, really optimistic about how long it would take to get someplace. And I remember just being like so worked up because I was going to be late and I'm driving somewhere. I was like, oh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. Ah," And I'm just like kind of in my head about me being late. And I remember driving to a doctor's appointment and I knew I was going to be late and I was getting all stressed about it. And I just decided like, well, I mean, I'm going to be late, but why do I need to be all stressed and grumpy about it? I'm accepting that I'm going to be late. I'm going to take some deep breaths and I'm going to, just going to drive so I'm not driving like a crazy person. I can't rewind where at the past. I, I'm just, it's going to take me that amount of time and yep, I'm going to be late and I'll take the consequences when they come, but I don't need to be all crazy, which helps me drive more calmer and just helps me to be less stressed. So I found this article, which was interesting, just about the idea of positive self-talk as we're thinking about whether or not we're late so that we can use positive self-talk. And she says, we use this idea of, I have all the time in the world. And maybe that's why we're late because we say that. (laughs) No, but just (laughs) there is all the time in the world um but then that introduced me to a new concept this idea of time scarcity or time abundance like living this idea and what's really funny is as i was getting ready for this podcast i was totally thinking well i don't know if i'm going to have time to fit all these things in my podcast and keep it under the time i think people will want to listen but then i was like there i am i'm living in time scarcity So, because technically this podcast could be however long I want it, hopefully you guys will listen to the whole thing. But I am just going to think about time in a way that I'm going to just finish up the few things I have left, because I just have a few more things, and think about being this whole idea of time scarcity versus time abundance. Time scarcity, I realized I did a lot, and... I would say to myself, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't think we're going to have time to do that. Oh, that's going to take so much time. And I find it really interesting that now when everything shut down, all I could say to myself was, oh, all I have is time for this. I have tons of time. And as we've slowly started, you know, getting back into activities and school, I think okay. How do I change that idea of time that I have enough time? And I think it's interesting as I say. Well, instead of saying I don't have time for that, I say um, I'm going to choose to take time to do that, or I don't. I don't think I'm going to choose to do that, but I have time. I found this article titled "Time Scarcity Versus Time Abundance," and he mentioned that. I don't know if it was Stephen Covey came up with this idea of abundance, but he said it's been around for a while and the idea that there is enough for all of us. That it's not just there's only so many pieces to the pie, there's just plenty, there's enough. This article is from a blog, Run Run Live, by Christopher Russell. So he first talks about Stephen Covey's idea of abundance but then he talked about how it's so easy for us to think of time in scarcity he says to pay attention to what you say to yourself kind of just what I mentioned but he says I don't have time for that there just isn't enough time this is such a waste of time I don't think this is worth my time I need to find time for that he says once you recognize that time scarcity attitude You begin to see manifestations of it everywhere. The marketers certainly know about it. That's why every sale has a deadline and time is always running out and there are only three days left at this price. It's that scarcity button that they are pushing. Time scarcity is used to manipulate us. It affects us emotionally too, he goes on to say. We feel the scarcity as emotional stress a feeling of wanting, of never having enough. It can create sadness for all the things we don't have for, for opportunities lost. It can create jealousy. Why do those jerks get the time to take their family on cruises? And he says, again, it impacts the way we work, the way we make decisions, and the way we deal with the world. An attitude of time scarcity leads us to make decisions that are weighted to the short term. Why save money for the future? Why pass up that donut now? Why not just give them the discount so we can get the deal? It makes no sense, he says. It's like a farmer digging up their seeds because they have no time to grow crops. Even if we can't get to, oh, I have tons of time, because sometimes that's really hard to get to, but I like the idea of I have enough time. So we need to remind our head time here we're back to Einstein's theory of relativity we need to remind our head time that life is long and that we have enough time we can also work on being more realistic with the things we want to get done and make sure they are in line with our values I recently listened to a quick little Q&A with Gary Vaynerchuk um, who just mentioned that Sometimes we just don't have a real grasp on how long time is. We think we're too old. He said something like, We think sometimes we're too old to start something new or that we just won't be able to have enough time to do things. And that he just said, Our lives are really long and that we can do a lot of things. And yet, He shared this quote on his Twitter feed, slow down the macro, you've got time in life, but speed up the micro. So be more efficient in what you get done daily. So I also love this article I found about, um, titled, Why We Never Have Enough Time and What to Do About It by Leo Babauta. There is a fixed amount of time. It's neither enough or not enough. It's only our expectations that make it one way or another. If we want to get more done than is possible in this fixed amount of time, we think it's not enough because it didn't meet our expectation. If we are satisfied with how much we can do in the fixed amount of time, it's enough time. So it's our expectations of how much we should get done in a day. And he goes on to say that sometimes like I would do and I'm learning to do that is we think we can get so much more done and that we need to bring that back into reality and and then make sure we're efficient and that we're not being distracted by all these. There's so many things that can distract us with our times. And so I just like this idea of that we have enough time. We all have the same amount of time. And the other thing I really love is from this same article... So the practice is to let go of the flawed agreements of how much we should get done and instead learn to appreciate the time we actually do have and appreciate each act we're able to do with that time. So I just liked what he said that time is a gift. Really, time is a gift from God. And that... It may seem like it's going fast or slow, but it really is a gift and we really have enough. We all have the same amount of time. I remember talking to one of my neighbors when I first moved into the neighborhood and they were fairly recent empty nesters. And we were chatting and I was kind of telling her all the things that were happening and she just was like, yeah, I just feel like I just got off a bullet train. (laughs) And sometimes when we're in the midst of raising kids and doing all these great things with them and working and everything we're doing, it does feel like we're on a bullet train. But I think we can be appreciative of that time, however fast or slow it feels like, in our head it's going to actually what it is going according to the Big Ben or the Earth clock. Now, this... (laughs) this podcast has taken a lot more time ironically (laughs) but I hope you enjoyed it I wanted to share a lot of these thoughts that I had about time I mean I could probably go on and on take all the time but I hope this covered enough and I hope to help you think about time and how you think about time and what you expect from time And how maybe you can learn more about this idea of time scarcity and move into this I have enough. But I think time is, it just is. We all have the same amount of time. And that is a great thing. When you guys listen to this, my son will be home. And I'm so excited. And these past two years have flown by. I'm so grateful for all he's done and his service. And the testimony probably grown and strengthened others. And I think, wow, there you can take time. It goes by, but you can do and progress and grow. And the days just still seem to go by so fast. And I'm sure I'll be running late now and again, but I know that I'm going to try to do my best to know that I have all the time that I need. I am learning to be more realistic with my time. And also use it better but I also don't need to act and be crazy and worried and feel like I'm in a time crunch because I have enough time and I can decide what to do with my time even when it feels like it's going by fast and my kids are growing up so fast it really is a great gift this gift of time So I want to thank you guys all for listening and taking the time. (laughs) And have a great week, whether it goes slow or fast. Do something awesome. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com, where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week, and thanks for listening.